to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome back to the Built on Air podcast. We are in season 15, episode six, coming to you live this Tuesday morning. Good to be with you. We've got myself and Ali back as always. Uh, Camille could not make it today, so she should be back next time. But we have special guest Zaki on with us. Welcome, Zaki. Good to have you with us. Hello, glad to be here. Yep, and we'll learn uh, more about Zaki and his background and story coming up on the show. So I'll walk you through what we're going to be talking about. As always, the Built on Air podcast is an hour-long show where we go through and keep you up to date on all things Airtable. We'll start off, as always, with our um, skipped one. Oh, shoot. We'll start with our round the bases, the screen, the, it didn't work the image, but uh, we'll start with our round the bases talking about what's going on in the Airtable world. And then a quick spotlight on onto air, our sponsor. Then we'll learn about Zaki and his background and what he uh, is up to. And then he will show his um, app called ask Airy that's in the marketplace and do a demo of that. Then we'll talk about our community, how you can join, and then we will end with softer and learn about action buttons with Ali. So with that, we will start with our round the bases. Don't have my screen for that, but let's see what's going on in the Airtable world. I didn't see any major announcements of new features. Last week, we got quite a few. Um, we did find a couple new ones that um, we'll talk about, but they weren't announced officially. So some unofficial um, features that the community members found. But um, going through in the Airtable community, a lot of people talking about um, views not loading. I don't know that I noticed this last week, but there's actually quite a few. There is even another post somebody else posted asking about it. Um, but um yeah, I don't know. Did you guys experience any issues last week? Any performance other than the normal? I got a lot of errors. Um, like the, like, you must re refresh the page error mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and things were loading slowly. And I noticed when, up, like, editing formulas took a long time to hit save. But, um, yeah. 
seems to have this been is saying load times of 20 minutes i'm not i'm not seeing that that i don't think that sounds right that might be more a networking issue on their end agreed so but other people they weren't the only ones saying there was issues so yeah but that is somewhat typical sometimes sometimes it's slow to load um but have i haven't noticed anything outside the norm all right, next one. Um, this also came from the community. Somebody asking to how to create a change log of major changes in Airtable, um, ideally wanting it in Slack. And um, this is something actually on where we have our schema apps that technically is going away, although a lot of that functionality will be moving into our backup solution. So. Um, some of this functionality of getting of being able to keep track of changes will be part of our, our backup solution over the coming months. So that's an option for you. Um, but somebody mentioned on here something that I wasn't aware of um, was this link here into the to the support. And I didn't realize that there was um, that the Slack app allowed you to get notifications when things change to an Airtable base or specific records or views. So I'm not using this Slack integration. I don't know if either of you are, but this was new to me that, that this is possible. Yeah, I think it's been around for a while, but is like kind of a very like under the hood feature that isn't like super prominent. Um, I think I've used it maybe once for a client, but I can't really remember what the advantages are other than I think it like, instead of you can use an automation to like, you know, do a particular Slack notification, but this doesn't use any automations, I think, which is nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is, I think an app that installs inside a Slack. So it's a Slack app. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but they also, yeah, they talk about, um, if you need to build direct integrations, then I've, I've used the automation Slack integration quite a bit, but um, have not used the the Slack integration side. So yeah, that could be worth checking out if you want more notifications and see what's what's getting updated and you're already using Slack, that could be good. Which we are using Slack with the built on air community. It's a community of thousands of um, Airtable users. There was uh, Russell posted a video that he put together of how to transfer ownership without adding users to your plan. So if you're trying to figure out, you want to um, transfer who's the owner of the Airtable, but you don't want to add them, that could potentially cause an extra charge. Um, he walks through a video of, of how you would do that. Um, and it requires sharing the or making a duplicate and then and then working with the duplicate to, to change ownership. So that could be useful to people in that boat. Certainly. Next one, this one is, uh, I believe, a new feature. Jan, who goes by uh, Databaser, friend of the show, says that you can now get some different languages um, in Airtable, French and German, apparently. Um, and um, But they don't yet have currency support for foreign currencies like European currencies. So I guess this would, I don't know exactly what this means is that what actually changes within the app 
Um, but that's interesting that they're finally starting to add internationalization. Absolutely. That's exciting. Yeah, I know this is a, a high demand request for, for our international friends. Mm -hmm. So we'll see more of this. Um, I haven't found this. I don't, I haven't quite looked for it, but I don't know if, if it detects where you're coming from, if you're coming from Europe, maybe it offers up different languages. I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know if have either of you seen a way to change this. I have not. Let me check real fast. Let's see in here. So it looked like it was just on. No. Yeah, I'm not seeing. It looked like it was just on here, right? Yeah. Yeah, just on the. Or this is an interface. Is this an interface? No. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to ask. Jan, if you're if you're uh, watching today, let us know where you found this. We can try it out. <clears throat> All right, next one going to X or Twitter. Um, this one I thought was just kind of cool. A story of obviously some pretty devastating fires in in Hawaii, um, and somebody asking for help to get access to uh, an enterprise account so that they could put together some relief efforts or keeping track of missing people, um, and was hoping to get in contact with somebody at Airtable, and it looks like they did and were taken care of. Um, so um got somebody from Airtable so it looks like somebody tagged Howie I don't know that Howie was the one that responded but um just kind of cool to see the effort and I think a lot about I've I've heard I've I've know I know like Chris Dancy has done um bases to help mobilize during disasters and things like that or during the pandemic um Airtable is a really good platform for that to just quickly get you know, a database up and running to just track things during a disaster. It's a good use case for that. So that was kind of cool to see. All right, one more kind of cool one. This this guy caught my attention. Uh, the guy I I'm predicting he'll he'll get popular within the automation world. Um, he does these videos where he's riding a horse. He's a rancher in Montana and um, talks about how he uses Airtable for his own stuff. So he's kind of a, a data geek slash rancher um, and helps other ranchers and, and outdoor organizations to use technology to help, you know, maybe industries that aren't, aren't necessarily as tech, tech savvy. Um, so Walker, if you're listening, if you're out there, we'd love to have you come on the show and talk about how you use Airtable for uh, what you're doing. So caught my attention. I was like, is this guy riding a horse talking about their table? <laughs> <laughs> and there was one more feature, Ali, were you able to, to find? <clears throat> yeah, I can share my screen really quickly. Yeah. Ali found uh, a feature that, that is new. Yeah. It was not uh, announced that we didn't talk about last week. There you go. Awesome. All right. So it's a little frustrating because I've found that it is a little half baked, um, which if you are following Airtable updates, it doesn't come as a surprise, I'm sure. Um, 
But in the list view in an interface, I don't think you can do this in the base. I tried to and couldn't find it. Um, and actually not even on this list view itself, but once you, um, I guess it could be any, any gallery, Kanban, calendar, et cetera. Once you go into the record details page, um, if you set up a list view there, um, and this is like a really light CRM example we'll be looking at later when I talk about softer. Um, here, when you look at the list options, you can say, I want to collapse all by default. And I don't have any grouping set up now, but if I did have grouping by type of contact, for example, and then of course it goes me away from that. But now I can collapse all by default and it will have this look and feel retained every time I open up a detail page, which is really, really nice. That's a feature that I've been really wanting for a long time. Um, sometimes when you open this up, you don't want it to be so overwhelming and you want to just be able to drill into those groups. Um, so this is really nice. I hope that they make this more persistent across other view types and everywhere you actually have that list view. I'd love to be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It's only on the, the sidebar. <laughs> yeah. It's only right here. So collapse all by default under appearance. Actually, now that I know it's under the appearance tab, which is in different places in different places. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not here. Yeah. So not there. that's what I'm a little bothered by that. Uh, it would be great to have that just, you know, wherever we can get it. If I have a grouping and go to appearance. Yeah, it's not there. So only in the detail pages, but still a cool new feature. Cool. Yeah, I don't I don't see I don't I didn't see that posted anywhere. I don't think that was part of their announcement. So you heard it here first. Some inside scoop. Love that. Awesome. Great. Okay, and that concludes um, around the bases. Like I said, not a ton of um, new announcements, just a couple of hidden gems for you. So we will uh, move on. Let's talk about, let me bring back up my screens. So we'll talk about Ontoair. It's an all-in-one toolkit. It's actually now a backup solution. We've we've uh, restructured and and focused on our backup solution. So Ontoair, we'll get a new screen for our podcast probably um, before next season. But Ontoair is now a focused backup solution and data asset management. Um, platform to help you back up your data from Airtable, make sure it's secure and stay on top of it. Um, just wanted to give a quick spotlight. This comes from, this is one of our social media posts and quotes David Derby, a customer, says, building the tools we need to take Airtable to the next level onto our backups might be the most critical piece of the puzzle to guard against unforeseeable disaster. It's easy to set up and just works. Thank you. Thank you, David. Um, and so, yeah, we have many, many customers using backups to make sure that their data is backed up and in a secure location outside of Airtable, which is best practices. So if you are not backing up your data, be sure to check out Ontoware and sign up today. Okay, moving on, Zaki. 
going to meet Zaki and learn about what you've got going on. Let me change our screen here a little bit. Put you in the forefront. Zaki, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, tell us how you came into the world of Airtable. Sure. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Zaki. I, uh, I'm a software engineer. Um, for the past five years, I've worked at this uh, digital product agency that uh, essentially builds products for Fortune 500 companies that don't have the um, that don't have the talent or the manpower to to build digital products themselves. So, um, so yeah, I've I've been I, I have a lot of experience building um, like websites and and working on the full stack of software back end and front end. Um, and yeah, I, I came across Airtable about eight months ago. Um, I'm a part of this outdoors club in my, in my local community that has this large inventory of. Um, like camping gear and equipment that members can check in and check out kind of like a, like a library. And so, um, uh, so yeah, a, a lot of members um, use, use this, this equipment library. And, and so we, we needed a system to keep track of this inventory and who has what checked out and when things are due and whatnot. Um, so a, about five years ago, I built my own custom like software solution for this problem, inventory management solution. So I had my own database and website, backend and frontend, and um, it worked, but it, it was quite quite a hassle um, and to maintain and to to do bug fixes and add, add features and whatnot. Um, so about a year ago, I started looking for like an out of the box solution that could replace this, and that that's when I found Airtable. So uh, yeah, in March I finished migrating this inventory management system onto Airtable and. And now it's totally off my plate. It's and, and, it, and it works great. And so that that's how I first got into Airtable. And um, as part of that effort, I built my first Airtable extension. Um, it's it's on the marketplace. It's called Checkout Cart, um, and that just facilitates like bulk check-ins and checkouts um, for like a library style inventory. Um, and yeah, and that that was in in March or April. And once I finished that. I started paying attention to the AI hype wave that we're seeing ourselves in now and mm -hmm. um, got, got super interested in it. And, um, and I, I learned best by doing. So I figured like I just freshly finished this Airtable extension. So I kind of knew how, how that worked and, and how to build extensions. And, and so I was like, okay, let me see how I can combine um, building a new Airtable extension with all this new AI tech that's out. And that's how Ask Aria was born. Um, and so, uh, yeah, if, uh, I, I can, I can give a demo of Ask Gary and, um, and explain how it works. If yeah. A couple, right. a couple questions first, before we get into the, to the demo. Um, so yeah, talk about how, um, maybe some of your, your favorite things as you gotten into Airtable, like what was that experience? You're obviously coming from a software development world, you know, you knew database design, How's that been? What what's what's been your impression of Airtable? Oh yeah, I mean, I think Airtable is just amazing because it empowers non-technical people to do things that previously, like you you could only do with like custom software. Um, so, for example, with with this inventory management system, um, it 
with the uh, with the automations workflows we've we've got there, we've got this whole system where like the day when when members check out pieces of equipment, they get emails showing like a receipt with what they checked out. They get emails the day before something is due. They get automated emails if something's overdue, and um, and these are all and 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 you can see like if emails failed to send or. Um, and, and, and like not the non-technical like officers of the club, they, they can like see all of this and, and tweak things and tweak the messages in the emails and, um, just kind of manage the whole inventory themselves without any, like no, no one else besides me in the club has like software engineering experience. And so I, I just think it's amazing that we could build something like, like a library inventory management system, um, with all of these bells and whistles um, just completely with like out of the box drag and drop kind of software. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I like the, the, I love the low code movement, how, how it empowers non-technical users. So that, that's, that's what I love about it. Cool. Talk about, um, you know, we'll get into the specifics of your AI solution, but talk high level of, you know, that hype wave, like what you've learned from it, what do you, what do you foresee the future of AI and low code, no code platforms? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, um, the way I like to think about, um, the, well, well, the, the, the current hype wave, it's, it's mainly driven by these large language models like ChatGPT, And, um, the way I like to think about these models is that they're, they're kind of almost as powerful as like human brains. Um, and, uh, with ChatGPT, the, the interface we have to this like human brain is sort of like text in text out, but they can do so much more than that. If you, if you give them the tools and, and capabilities, um, so like, like humans, um, if you, if you like teach a human how to like use tools, like how to browse the web, how to do its own research, how to uh, use a computer, how to write code, um, humans can be like much more, much more useful, the like the more tools and capabilities they have. And if you also like teach a human how to kind of cre create goals and, and uh, have like a task management system, um, humans can also be autonomous and, uh, and kind of like self-direct themselves. And so um, how I kind of envision the future is, is um, with, with this AI hype wave is, uh, I, I kind of view like ev everyone figuring out how to equip these large language models with tools and with autonomy so that they can basically be like super useful personal assistants. Um, so, uh, so yeah, everyone's uh, like the cutting, the cutting edge in the, in the field of large language models right now, I think is basically trying to, trying to figure out how to, how to create like the optimal workshop or workspace for these large language models so that they can do more than just like summarize things or like generate text. Um, so, so like in a, this might, this might be a little abstract, like what I've said so far. So a concrete example I like to think about is like one of the more uh, cutting edge products that's come out these uh, recently is called Multion. Um, and basically what it can do is like, you can say something like, Hey, uh, I'd like a pizza delivered to this address. Please like order a Domino's pizza. And it will, um, browse the web to find, to like search, like the pizza places near you. It'll navigate into that pizza, um, shops website, like order the pizza, 
maybe ask it what kind of topics you want or something, ask for your credit card number, it'll ask you, and then it'll fill out the whole checkout form and like order it for you. And, and that's an example of like a large language model equipped with tools and autonomy that I think is like a powerful example of, of, uh, of like an, of an assistant. And so if, if we think of like a version of that in the Airtable world, um, something like that could look like, um, like, a, like an assistant where you just tell it what you want it to do with your Airtable data. So let's say like you have a bunch of duplicate data that you want deduplicated um, as a as a really basic example. You could say something like, hey, could you um, um, do like find all the duplicates and and remove them? And it'll just it'll just do it for you. Um, a more complex example could be something like if you have like invoices in Airtable and you want to kind of get some analytics from that, like what your monthly revenue numbers are or something, something like that. You could say verbally like, hey, can you generate a chart showing my like monthly revenue over time? And it will kind of write the, the Airtable scripting code and execute it that will kind of get the data that you need. And, it, and it'll, uh, the LLM will like create the chart for you and, and like email you the chart. That, that's kind of a, like, a, like an example of a more powerful, like, like a, large language model that's that's enabled with with tools and, and data and autonomy um we're, we're not there yet but yeah. that that's that's where i see it going only because you haven't uh built it yet but it's yeah. coming i'm working on it <laughs> very cool that's great insight appreciate that all right why don't we uh let me bring this back <clears throat> okay why don't we go through your demo of your of your app Sure. Uh, can I share my screen? Yeah. Yeah. Once you move it over, I'll add it. There we go. All right. Can you see it? Yep. All right. So uh, yeah, Ask Airy. Ask Airy is like a very uh, basic version of of uh, of kind of like an assistant that has like some some capabilities beyond just like ChatGPT. Like it has access to read your Airtable text data. Um, so th this is the marketplace listing. Um, so if you install it, this is kind of what it'll look like in, in your base. So uh, this is a this is a base that just has like some test data that I used. Um, and so I've, I've got a few tables here. None of them are related. They're just kind of like different example use cases. Um, so let's say, for example, you've got um, uh, like a table full of reviews. These could be like like product reviews or restaurant reviews or survey feedback responses, something like this. Um, and it's basically like a table full of text data. Um, and if you wanted to kind of glean insights into these reviews, you could like manually read all the reviews and kind of get the get a feel for what the general customer sentiment is. Or um, that's or you can. Um, like ask, ask Gary. So I, I've got an example question here that we can ask it. So I said, what are some reasons people don't like the Acne Solutions cleansing bar for face and body product? Summarize their complaints and make some recommendations for how I can address customer complaints in the product design. Include the review IDs in your response. So yeah, it's finding kind of the most relevant negative reviews and coming up with an answer here. So we'll see what it's got. So it says, based on the top 27 most relevant records, um, 
here's some reasons people don't like the product. And it kind of gives a, some of those review IDs and it says um, product didn't affect the user's skin and actually caused acne. Product was incredibly drying, et cetera. And then it gives some recommendations for how to, how to address these reviews. Um, so, so yeah, that, this, um, this is an example of uh, something that like before to kind of glean these insights, you would have had to just like manually read through all the reviews, but now you can, instead now you can just like ask, ask the question right. and so chat GPT will read all the reviews for you and, and kind of answer your question. So uh, what's another example? So I've got this books table where it's got like book titles, book descriptions, and um this is kind of more of like a, a search query instead of a question, uh, although it's still it's still kind of a question. So it says, um, find some books in this library that would be appropriate for my eight-year-old who's interested in math and science. Explain why the books would be appropriate. Um, so yeah, in this books table, there is no like field uh, in, in this table that labels the book as being like good for an eight-year-old or uh, like related to math and science. Um, there's, there's like a description or a summary of the book, but no like specific labels. So the only way that, um, you would have been able to, you, you can't, you can't do a search like this in a typical library catalog. Um, and so this is cool because like the AI is kind of reading all the book summaries and determining what, which ones are related to math and science and good for an eight year old. And so it, it found some titles and, uh, and yeah, we can, we can see the, the records here that that are um that it found so that's very cool yeah Ellie, and, and so any, oh, oh go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say like um and how this is working under the hood at, at a super high level is um like you could you could replicate this functionality if you essentially like copied and pasted your entire table base into chat gbt and then like ask the question but um if your base was too big. Um, ChatGPT has has like a context window where it, it can only take in so much input. And so, if you have more than like a couple hundred records or something like that, then um, that that that's too much for it. And so, the way this extension works is um, it essentially first does a it does like a it's called a semantic search, uh, which it's, it essentially finds the most relevant Airtable records for your question. And then it takes those records. In this case, it's like the top 13 most relevant records. Um, it, it takes those records and squeezes them into a ChatGPT prompt and, and then asks ChatGPT, hey, here's some relevant records. Here's the user's question. Answer the question. And, that, and that's how it works at a high level under the hood, if that makes sense. Gotcha. How does it, um, so this requires getting your own license to, to chat GPT and then. Yeah. So if, if, like, yeah. if we go to the settings tab here, um, you, uh, there's a little input field for uh, entering an, an open AI API key. So I've got some links in the extension here for um, that direct you to where you can get an open AI account and, um, generating an API key here. And uh, the API uh, like usage is actually very, very cheap. Um, so if you, let's say you have like 10,000 records in a table, um, there is like this 
ask Airy data index that I have to create here to be able to do that intelligent search. Um, and to generate all of this uh, uh, like data index data, um, it costs maybe like 50 cents for 10,000 records, something, something like that. And then um, each, each question that you ask Gary might cost like a cent or a couple cents or something like that. So the, the, the API is, is pretty affordable. Uh, nice. And how, uh, and what's the cost of your app? Oh, and uh, yeah, the cost, uh, I think it's five, $5 a month. Uh, if you want to use this, so um, very reasonable. Yep. Yeah, there, there's a there's a one week free trial, um, but but yeah, you can. There's this license tab here, and um, if you don't have a license, uh, there's a, a link that shows up here that lets you uh, buy a license at my Gumroad store. Um, and then I also have this guide tab that kind of it gives some suggestions on on how to best use Askary. Um, so so yeah, I can I could go over. Uh, a little bit of this right here. So I have this limitations list. So Askary is like really great at analyzing and answering questions about text heavy bases. Um, but if if you have statistical or like numerical questions, Askary isn't as, as uh, it, it, it's pretty limited in that regard. Um, so and I and my next product that I'm working on will will address that, but we're not there yet. Um, and then Askary also may be a little slow with very large bases, so anything kind of beyond twenty, thirty thousand records, um, it's it's kind of questionable, like how how fast it'll be, um, just because I, I won't I won't get into it, but uh, but yeah, anything beyond that, it 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 might not work too well. So just a disclaimer there. And then, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, I think the the best use cases for Askary is like uh, searching, um, searching for records that you couldn't really search for uh, with just like the Airtable keyword search here. Um, so, like the example, like books appropriate for a ten year old or something like that. That's like a search that you can't you can't do here. Right. Um, and then and then just asking questions that otherwise would have taken reading a bunch of text data to answer. Um, so that, that's kind of like the highlight use case. And um, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's as scary. That's cool. Any, any use cases out in the wild of people using this that you can share? Um, yeah, I've got like maybe 20, 20 customers right now. And I, and I sent an email to all of them um, asking like, for feedback and 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 how they're using it, but I haven't got, I, haven't, I haven't gotten too many responses. One of them uh, actually to get back to me. Um, it's like a, a talent recruiter that stores like resume information in Airtable, um, and he said that he used Askary to um, to kind of search for uh, like the ideal candidate given like some some list of, of needs um, in in his candidate database basically. Um, so so that's an example, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it it's not it's 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 a limited tool, and I, I I built it mostly to just as like a personal learning um, project. And uh, what I'm working on next, I think, will be much more powerful and useful, which is a tool that will be able to go beyond just answering questions about text data. It'll be able to like make charts for you or like answer numerical or statistical questions about your Airtable data or um, 
I don't know, be be a little more powerful and and tool enabled, um, like I was talking about earlier. So yeah, uh, that'll be awesome. So yeah, and uh, yeah. Does this read attachments? This doesn't go into like PDFs if you have attachments. It does not go into attachments. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just the, the data there. Gotcha. Awesome. Ellie, any other questions? No, but that is incredibly cool. So, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you're you. the first to put, I think yours was the first kind of AI extension. Is there others now in the marketplace? Uh, I don't think I was the first. I think um, there, let's see. Uh, I think if we go here, there was a. Harmonic.ai. Uh, there's a GPT assistant. Um, mm -hmm. And that one was, it's, it's, it's kind of very similar to the AI functionality that Airtable themselves are about to roll out where it takes in data that from a record um, mm -hmm. lets you input a prompt and then puts an output into like another uh, field or column. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, my, mine is quite a bit different from that, but. Um, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. So the AI, the, the Airtable was talking about Airtable AI is more like a per record level <clears throat> and yours is more table. So they need to just buy yours and incorporate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i i expect airtable themselves will probably roll out something like this in in a year or i don't know that probably a year or so but um by then i'll i'll have already rolled out something even more powerful so yeah nice. <laughs> um yeah and uh i've got this chart i made here um that kind of illustrates what i was talking about earlier um with, with how I view the, the direction and, and the landscape of, of AI products. Um, so, so yeah, there, there's a lot going on here, but basically there are two axes on these in this chart. One axis represents like the tools and capabilities of like an AI large language model. Um, and the other axis represents the autonomy and agency. And, um, and so, so for example, um, ChatGPT, is sort of like on the bottom left of this chart. It has very little tools and capabilities and very little autonomy. Like you, you say something and then it does something and then you say something and it responds and there's no like, it doesn't go off and do its own thing. Whereas like uh, a human or an AGI is on the opposite end of this graph. Uh, it's got full autonomy and like infinite tools, right? Um, and so I think Airtable AI um, and that other extension I showed you, um, uh, the GPT assistant, it's kind of like on the lower end of this graph where like it, it it's, it's basically like chat GPT, except it's just, um, like a little more equipped with some extra information so that like you give it, you input a record in and it outputs like, um, like another, it outputs some data into a column. So like, it's pretty basic, um, and and I I think like the trend of like big companies trying to roll out AI stuff is kind of going to be in this lower left quadrant, um, mostly because uh, everything LLM or AI products that have more tools and capabilities and more autonomy, they're harder to build um, and they're more risky. But um, uh, and so yeah, but basically, I think it's going to take a while for Airtable themselves to roll out like really cool AI capabilities, like like I 
gave examples of earlier. Um, Ask Gary is kind of like over here as well. Uh, it's 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 an application of a technique called retrieval augmented generation, where like you retrieve the most relevant information, and um, and then feed that to ChatGPT for it to answer a question. Um, and then uh, some other examples of more like uh, more autonomous, more tool enabled AI systems is like ChatGPT with the code interpreter. Um, I don't know if you guys have played around with that, but it's very cool. It can write and execute its own code. Um, it has a, uh, it, it has its access to its own file system, so it can like generate files. It can accept files and do things to those files. And then, kind of on the on the very far end of this graph um, is like the frontier, the current frontier of autonomous advanced AI systems that. Um, that can kind of you you tell it to do something and it goes off and, and figures out how to do something on its own and might have its own like learning system and, and task prioritization system so auto gbt multion the minecraft voyager these are all examples in this experimental space um so yeah just, this is just an illustration that i came up yeah. with that, that's how i view the space yeah no, that's very helpful did you put together this chart or you just modified it uh, yeah, I, I put it together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're willing to share, we'll, we'll put this with our notes. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think, I think that's everything uh, I've got to talk about. Cool. Thank you, Zachy, for sharing that and your insights into the future. We look forward to your next app and see where you push the limits of AI and Airtable. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, quick shout out to join our community. If you haven't already, join us at builtonair.com slash join. Lots of interesting people uh, like Zachy are in the community talking about Airtable, talk a lot about AI and other tools and how you use them um, with Airtable. So please join us, builtonair.com slash join. Join the Slack community and get involved in the discussions there. Let's continue and Ali is going to walk us through softer and their action buttons. Awesome. All right. So this is a feature that I'm super excited about. It's been live for, I don't know, more than a few months um, and they've made some recent improvements to it as well. So this is the example base that I'm using. It's just a really, it's a light CRM. There's a lot of extra stuff in here. Um, but basically, we've got people that are tied to interactions. Um, and I've built a very, very, very simple software site to allow somebody on the team table, on which I am the only person right now, to log into software and uh, look at the contacts in this database and then record some interactions. So if we pop over into software, I've got just three pages right now, just a home page, which has literally nothing on it. Um, and then contacts and contact details. Um, the contacts page, contacts page is just a list element. Um, and when you click into one of those um, elements here, it brings you onto the contact details page for that contact. And here's where things get really cool. Um, so previously, you would have had to have, you know, you could have a list details page here in software showing 
you have a list details page with all the details about the contact and then a list element underneath that, which is the, these interactions are specific to this contact to Jim Doe here. Um, and the way that you do that, I've gone over in a previous episode, but you can conditionally show only the list items where the record ID of the person, for example, matches the person that you're looking at. Um, and previously, you would need to have a form at the bottom of this page to add a new record to this list. But now we have this really handy option to set up an action button. So there's two different types of action buttons in software. We've got the top bar buttons here, which is this, it comes with this automatically. When you drop in a list records, you're going to notice that it has that at the very top. And I have not edited this at all yet. So we'll look at what it looks like by default. Um, and then you also have item buttons. So these buttons are going to show up on the actual elements themselves here. So each one of these list items will have its own little button. So we'll look at that in a moment too. But so by default, we've got add record as the default action. And when I expand this, it puts in basically all of the fields that like the first like 10 fields on that table. I don't need any of these really. I'm going to leave only a few. Um, and some of these are just a little funny for CRM implementations. But let's say I want to have the person, because I need it to link up to a person in my database. If I look at my interactions table, I have this field called person. So I want to fill that in with the person I'm looking at on the page. We'll talk about how to do that in a moment. I want to put in a drop down to show the contact or the type of contact. So I can choose whether it's a Zoom call, an email, in-person, phone call, etc. And this is also something released in the last probably year where you can actually sync those options with the data source. Used to be you'd have to actually type those in manually to make sure they match up with the options in Airtable, which was a really annoying thing. Um, but now that happens automatically in software, which is great. Um, and then I want to also log the date. We'll map that to the date column. And finally, I want to log the team member that did it. So I want to say if I'm the one that's logged in and I'm adding an interaction, I want that to fill in with my name automatically here. So I know who's the team member that actually performed this interaction with the contact. But I don't want the person who's logged in to have to select that every time. Actually, I'm going to do the same for person. So here's where this hidden field comes in handy. So I can say I want a hidden field mapped to the team member. And I can say based on the current logged in user, I want their record ID to be filled in automatically. So this will be once I have this little modal pop up. I won't even see the field for team. It's just going to know, fill that in with the current logged in user. 
And then I can do the same thing for the person I'm looking at, right? Because if I'm looking at Jim Doe's page and I click add record, I expect this interaction to automatically be tied to Jim Doe. So we can do that as well. If I map this to person and see a current record automatically comes up here, which is super cool. And I'll put record ID there as well. Then you can uh, change all these options. So if I want to say add interaction instead of add new record, I can do that. I can change the success message, um, all sorts of different things there. And let's actually change the name of this to, to add interaction. Now, that's super, I think, pretty straightforward. We'll look at what that looks like in a moment. I'm just going to also touch on the item button. Um, so you've got all these options to be able to apply and edit to that record or open a page open a URL that's in that record you can do. So if you pick open URL, you can pick a field that has a URL value in it um, on that record. And it's just gonna apply that little button at the bottom of that um, item. I don't want open URL though. I'm gonna delete this and I'm gonna say edit record. So now it similarly to the add um, record step, I've got basically all of the same things, but now this will open up a little modal that I can actually edit the record with. So let's just say I want to only edit the notes just to keep things simple. And we'll publish. And now I'm going to stop sharing and reshare just for a moment because I need to pop into an incognito window to show you what this looks like. Um, yep. And my, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to share my entire screen. I tried to, and it was not letting me. Um, all right. There you go. Excellent, thank you. And let me refresh. Awesome. So if I pop into, let's look at Jimdo. And now I can say add interaction. Of course, there's, there's a little window that's saying a date can't be mapped to date time field. That's interesting. So I think I need to have include time on here. I've actually never tried this with a date field, so that would be why. There we go. So now I've got notes, I've got my type of contact. Let's say it was a Zoom call and just say, discussed built on air demo. And that was on today. We'll just say 10 o'clock. And now when I add that, here it is. I get my nice little item here. Um, you have to click into it, depending on which list you've chosen, you might have that edit button show up right at the top, or you might need to click to do it. That's all a user preference thing, and you can set that up in software. But now when I click edit, 
I'm able to edit these notes and say update. And they, there's that edit that took um, effect. And also it was automatically applied with my uh, linked record here. So you notice when I pop this open, I don't have to actually select myself from a list or anything. It's a hidden field. So is Jim Doe here. Um, like I don't need to say this is an interaction for the person I'm looking at logged by me. It just does that automatically. Right. Um, which is super, super useful and makes for a really clean user experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's really powerful. That's cool stuff. Absolutely. Um, there's some things I wish that they would still come out with. Like I'd love to actually, I think they recently did come out with the ability to hide this button based on certain things. Um, so super cool. Um, the direction that they're headed in, I'm always really excited about new software releases. Yeah. Yeah. Software cranks out features very quickly. They're moving fast and, um, so very cool stuff. Thank you, Ali, for sharing that. Thank you. Those insights into software and how to make it useful. That software is a third-party tool that sits on top of Airtable, so it requires a subscription to that platform. But it, it is powerful if you're looking for a portal solution. Absolutely. And they do have a free option with um, limited features, but pretty robust limited features, if I say so myself. Okay. All right. Well, that concludes our show. We'll end a little early today and we will be back next week with episode seven. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor ontair.com and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.